0: John chapter number 10 uh, tonight, and uh, we're going to be there and then over into the book of James, chapter number 4, maybe back into the book of Ecclesiastes as well, and uh, we'll uh, continue with some thoughts here from John chapter number 10, but we're going to kind of go into some other, uh, kind of another area uh, tonight, Uh, but we'll begin reading uh, in verse number 7 where we left off this last week. The Bible says, then said Jesus unto them again, verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. Uh, We spoke uh, quite a bit about that and the voices that uh, sheep hear uh, and their their memory and uh, how they remember faces and that uh, as well. Uh, And uh, they don't listen to strangers. Uh, And uh, so uh, it's a wonderful uh, truth to study. Verse 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Uh, Verse 10 The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. And I am come that they might have life uh, and that they might have it uh, more abundantly. I am the good shepherd and the good shepherd giveth his life for uh, the sheep. Uh, Look down, if you will, verse number 15. As the father knoweth me, even so know I the father and I lay down my life for uh, the sheep. Uh, Verse number 17. Therefore doth my father love me because I lay down my life that I may take it. Uh, Again, so three different times there, we see our Lord uh, mentioning that He, in fact, is not a hireling. A hireling would flee. uh, And in its context, uh, as He's speaking about uh, the sheepfold uh, and the shepherd, uh, He is the door, uh, He is the shepherd, we are His sheep. uh, By extension and application, uh, in pastoral uh, leadership, we look at these things and uh, and we also make uh, application. Uh, uh, for example, is uh, God doesn't want us to, as pastors, to uh, to serve Him for filthy lucre's sake, uh, to not be a hireling, uh, and, uh, and in fact, I was just talking, met with a preacher. Uh, there's a new preacher uh, that took the church, Liberty Baptist in Fircrest out of North Carolina, and had some uh, coffee with him uh, a week before last. And we were talking about uh, uh, subjects like this. uh, And uh, and, um, before uh, before, uh, he came, they they were without a pastor for a couple years, actually, almost two years, uh, I think. Uh, And uh, at the beginning of that, they had called me uh, to the church and the deacon board uh, to ask about you Know all kinds of things and compensation packages and blah blah blah, all that, and uh, and so, uh, you know, I had <coughs> referenced the fact that uh, that uh, you a pastor shouldn't come uh, and uh, uh, for filthy lucre's sake, uh, that they ought to take care of the pastor, all of that, uh, and uh, and having said that uh, to them, uh, <coughs> you know, if you if you have. Uh, if you have uh, the, I lost my train of thought. I'm thinking about uh, Gene and Brother Ackerman. Where I'm going at with this, uh, with this passage uh, here today, uh, the, the hireling f- flees, uh, and uh, and uh, were to serve because not by constraint, not for. Um, you know what a person get out of it, like like I don't I don't work for I don't exchange time for money at Berean Baptist Church. I don't you don't pay me for services rendered. Uh, it's uh, it's something completely different in the context of a local church, and that's what I was explaining uh, to uh, Brother Myers uh, the other day over that over there. I said, had you had you had come at the beginning uh, of. Uh, Uh, the the church is looking, you probably uh, wouldn't be struggling near as much because two years ago, uh, they had a lot more people and the people have had kind of filtered off uh, because of disunity and other types of things. Uh, And uh, so, oh, by the way, I told him, uh, he said they were gonna be getting some uh, platform chairs and this is, so the the platform chairs are like uh, in an end table uh, in the middle, end up being like, you know, 150 bucks, uh, for the platform, for all three pieces of that, and it's um, uh, so kind of you know, sketchy, uh, the dynamic, that um, he felt like he can't even ask for that, uh, for $150 dollars. Uh, and so I said, I said well we'll buy, we'll buy them and then, uh, and then nobody can say anything <laughs> and, uh, uh, he goes that's not what I'm asking I said I know that's not what you're asking but I get it uh, I understand that and so just go ahead and get them uh, and, uh, and we'll pay for them and then if anybody complains you can say well we didn't pay for them uh, and, uh, and that will be a, a, a way to, uh, to do that so, uh, so I said um, you know, you're not going to serve that church um, you're not going to be a hireling because a hireling flees Uh, When troubles come, the difficulties come, the scriptures say. So there's application, obviously, in the context with the Lord, uh, and then also uh, application that we make uh, as we talk about shepherding people uh, as a pastor. Uh, But Jesus says he lays down his life for the sheep. He isn't going to flee, and he didn't. And we know uh, that he paid uh, the ultimate price. Uh, and uh, shed His blood uh, for us. Uh, but later on, in verse number 28, it says, And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. So quickly, uh, we see two different things. Um, he, he lays down His life for the sheep. That's redemption. Um, he redeemed us. He bought us uh, with a price. I appreciate a, a, a preacher the other day who had mentioned uh, this very fact that we're not our own. Uh, when we think of uh, our liberties and, and, uh, and all of our rights and, uh, and all the stuff that we complain about, we're, we've been bought with a price. We've been redeemed. In fact, He made us and then He purchased us. Uh, so uh, that, uh, that should be the perspective that we live by. But then it says, so that's redemption. But then we have regeneration, uh, new life. He lays down his life for the sheep, but he also gives life to his sheep. And in verse number 10, that life that he gives us uh, is an abundant life. You see, eternal life. There's, a, there's abundance to it. Um, when, uh, and by the way, uh, we think of happiness, joy. Um, you know, we in America, we have the right to pursue happiness. I feel like we spend way too much time pursuing happiness instead of holiness. Uh, and uh, uh, because our, our minds are on other things, and it all, it's all tending to my main thought here uh, for tonight, our affections are, on, are supposed to be on things above. Um, we're supposed to have our eyes fixed uh, upon heaven, uh, and, uh, and we're living a life, running a race, uh, living your dash, you know, whatever, um, to stand before Him, uh, have Him been faithful, crowns like I mentioned Sunday, rewards that he gives us, we lay at his feet. Everything that we are about in life should be about the Lord. Uh, and um, understandably so, people struggle with that because you know um, you got to go put in 40, 50, 60 hours a week at a job, you got this, that, and the other. It's a lot of things that uh, consume our time and thoughts and energy. Uh, and, uh, and by the way, uh, when we get overwhelmed with all those things, it, 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 we, we ought to take inventory uh, and find out um, what, a, what of those things uh, can go. Um, you can't be all things to all men. Uh, and you have 24 hours a day just like anybody else, uh, and, uh, you're gonna live, uh, and you're going to live, uh, and you're uh, going to die. And that's just the way of all men, the, the scriptures and life teaches us, uh, you know, uh, God makes us and we return uh, to, uh, of course, uh, dust, uh, ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Uh, and uh, everybody, uh, every, every one of us is going to die. So, but while we live, God says he gives, he laid his, down his life for us in redemption and he gives his life to us. Our lives are hidden in Christ. We are in Christ. The Bible teaches us in Ephesians, in Colossians. Um, Our identity is wrapped up in who we are in Him, and without Him, we can't do anything. Uh, So we're dependent upon Him uh, in so many uh, different ways. So uh, He says it's it's redemption, regeneration. We have a life in Him that's illustrated for us, uh, also in the Book of John, uh, in John chapter number fifteen, where He says He's the vine, and we're the what? We're the branches. So the branches have no life uh, you know, in them outside of the life that they have uh, through uh, the vine. Uh, and uh, it's illustrated for us uh, very well uh, with that, uh, that uh, analogy that was given to us in the book of John. So any fruit that we bear, uh, any um, uh, you know, renewal that we have, uh, any type of, of life that we live is lived in Christ and we're powerless to live it outside of Him. All the, all the life energy, if you will, or whatever, comes through the vine to the branch. Without the vine, we're nothing. Uh, and so as a Christian, we live with that perspective because it's a biblical perspective. God teaches us that. From a practical standpoint, we try to do most of our life in our own power. Uh, and in disconnected, in prayer, disconnected, in fellowship, communion with God, uh, and, and we just kind of go through the motions of life, uh, and, and we live, and we end up living a life of regret because um, there's going to be a time for all of us unless you are suddenly taken. You know, if, if, if you, you, know, you get in a car wreck or whatever, and by the way, it's no surprise to God, um, but if, if, you have to, if you have to lay in a hospice bed um, for any length of time, uh, you're going to have a perspective change uh, about, about life uh, in general. Uh, if you were just to get the news uh, that you have a terminal uh, illness, um, what was important to you just minutes before your diagnosis um, may not be as important to you any longer. Uh, and I've always challenged this church, every place where I've ever preached, that we all live our life um, like we're terminal, because we are, uh, and uh, we just don't know when that, that time is going to be, okay? Okay. <laughs> So we live, God, if you're, if you're here today and you're living and you're breathing, God has a purpose. He says we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. We've been created in His image. I was listening to talk radio uh, as I was driving somewhere today. Uh, and uh, and the, um, Michael Medved, how many I ever listen to Michael Medved at all? Uh, well, he had, they were discussing creation in Genesis, and he's a Jewish man. And he was saying all kinds of crazy stuff. I've never called into that show. Well, I take that back. I did call into that show one time like 10 years ago. Uh, and, uh, but I wanted to call in and just tell him he's crazy. Uh, and the stuff that they were saying, and part of it was, that when you know, we're created in the image of God uh, and, uh, and he says there's a, there is a contradiction. Here's a, here's a Jewish man who, who should understand Hebrew thought culture and Hebrew literature and how it's written, uh, where it says that uh, male and female created he them and then later on talks about uh, more, in, more in detail uh, how Eve was, uh, came about uh, and uh, all this different crazy stuff. And he says that's a contradiction in the Bible. Uh, and, uh, and, and so I wanted to, you know, again call him in, uh, I probably wouldn't got past the screeners. Uh, and uh, anyways, so I was thinking about, no, we're created in the image of God. He's like, well, we're not created like him. I mean, did God have a belly button? <laughs> like, why would God have a belly button? That would be the person that was calling and talking was like, yeah, that wouldn't make any sense. And, and anyways, uh, when I hear that kind of stuff, I begin to think about how crazy life is and just the, the huge, wide variety of, of spiritual thought um you know the all the different perspectives that people have about life and death and what happens afterwards. Uh, and uh and it's just like a never-ending thing to that. And so you know I, I begin to, you know, it's like there's a part of me, it doesn't if it's if it's hearing that, if it's seeing, you know, somebody else get on a rooftop and start shooting people during a parade. Uh, it's um, you know, uh, the, all the talk we've been having about life and the sanctity of life, um, it just seems like philosophy, there's like no end to, to all of the philosophy and all of the things, and it gets to the point where you just, you're like, you just want to just give up. Uh, it, it's, it, you just think about life and how Solomon uh, portrayed it in the book of Ecclesiastes. Uh, he's, you know, it says it's vanity. Uh, and he starts that out in chapter number one. Uh, and chapter number 12, he, he says life, it's, it's, it's vanity. Uh, and uh, chapter number eight, of course, he says, here's the conclusion of the whole matter. If you're God, keep his commandments. Uh, and uh, so I was just thinking about the vanity of life today. Now, they may be watching tonight, and, and, uh, but uh, one of the, uh, this past week, uh, and, and by the way, uh, I, I deal with, um, death and, and end of life things quite often more than most people do, uh, and uh, <clears throat> and it 's never an easy thing for people to deal with. One of the hardest things uh, is when the funeral home shows up and, uh, and I always invite you know, advise people to leave the room and uh, because it 's just, it's just a hard thing to watch, but I was thinking about that today. Um, Brother Ackerman, uh, how old is his Brother, he's 90, 92. He's 90 years old. Um, Gene's 59 uh, years old. Uh, he's coming up on uh, a birthday here, here coming up. Uh, both of those men, end of their life, um, you know, and again, this might be a little morbid or whatever, but they come in, they zip you up in a, in a big giant bag. And, um, and and as I sat there and I and I and I watched that and it's hard to, it's hard to see that, uh, but to think about you know um, you know my own life, you know if I if I live and however long the Lord has me to live at the end of my life somebody's going to show up and zip me up in a bag uh, and haul me off. Um, it's in, it's insensitive. They have no idea who I am. They don't know me. Uh, it's very matter of fact. Uh, it's just, it's, it's, you pick somebody up and you, and you stuff them in a bag and you drive off. Um, and it's just, a, it's, just a, it's just, I've just been thinking about it. Um, I, I, you know, we're, we do f- uh, memorials around here. We've had, uh, and like, you know, they're, they're not having a church memorial. We've had memorials. We've had young people who, who didn't know the Lord. And this place has been packed standing room only. Um, we've had people who've loved the Lord and have lived into their late 90s and have maybe 10 people here. Um, you'll have, you'll have um, um, probably one of the most stressful things about those end-of-life stuff is like, well, who's going to come? And, uh, and so people say, well, I'd say, well, you know, we're going we're gonna to feed them how many think are going to be here. And, uh, and they, you know, sometimes they shoot low, sometimes they shoot high, sometimes they're surprised, a lot of, most times they're disappointed. Um, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, when we have uh, people that are part of this church body that pass away, I think everybody in the church ought to come. Every single time. Uh, whether you, uh, you say, well, I didn't know them, is a, is a testimony to your indifference, uh, about who is in this church and belongs to this church, you ought to know them you ought to, you ought to grieve that they 're gone and say why well, you know I know they passed away I know I, but you know i didn 't really know them uh, I challenge you tonight if don 't get anything out of this, get to know people in your church uh, so that when they do pass that you 'd want to go uh, and, uh, and share memory or to support the family I think that 's important you know i 've told my wife you know I said everything like you know, I'll go to some Muslim country and, you know, if I ever was diagnosed with stage four cancer and, and, and preach and uh, bring, a, you know, a bunch of Bibles there and, and, uh, and, and go out a martyr. Uh, I've said, you know, just, um, I said a lot of things uh, about uh, those uh, end-of-life decisions. Uh, but it's, it's vanity. It's, it's like a, you can live your whole life um, and, and strangers pick you up, stuff you in a bag, drag you off to a funeral home, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and could, you could have a handful of people that honorably remember you. And uh, uh, sometimes people have memorials and people show up and say all kinds of bad things about them. Sometimes people they don't want to say anything. Maybe they you know love the person. It's just everything. We're we're gonna have a gypsy wake here, uh, you know, uh, in a week or so, and people are gonna come and they've got all their beliefs or whatever, and it doesn't matter cultures or whatever. Uh, and in uh, in if you if you you're gonna live your life, uh, and you're gonna die, um, how are you gonna be remembered? What is it that you will have? Done in your life, that's going to last. Um, because it it really it just you just you live that thing I say all the time. You know you 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 know you have the job to make the money to buy the food to dig the ditch. You know you know get you know, uh, it's it's vanity. If we if our life is lived outside of a purpose for Christ, it, it is like that. Uh, and um, and so i you know i'm i'm am sad when somebody that i know goes off into eternity because we want to fellowship with them we know they're in a better place and we have all the things that we say uh, you know give them a card you know whatever uh, but but you just you just think about how long you know how long we grieve for people um, there's so many things that factor into it. But in a nutshell, you live your life, whether it's 20, 40, 50, 100, whatever, at the end of your life, some, uh, you know, college student um, in a part-time job is going to come into your home with a gurney and drag you off in a bag. Is everybody with me? And uh, so, so it's, in Ecclesiastes, uh, as an example, you can turn over there if you if you want to. Uh, <clears throat> I'll find it myself. Um, we we all know life is short. I had you turn to James four, but we'll we'll end up skipping that. Uh, we know life is short. We we know that we have no promise for tomorrow. Um, uh, we 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 know that uh, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Academically, we, we understand, we comfort one another uh, with those very, those very words. Uh, but, but from the beginning of the book of Ecclesiastes, there it is, I thought I had it in my Bible, found it. In Ecclesiastes 1, verse number 2, he says, Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Uh, and again, in chapter number 12, verse number 8, he says the same things, uh, and all is Vanity. Uh, and today, when we hear the word vanity, we think of um, pride, you know, or conceit, or you know, exaggerated opinion, or attention to oneself. You're, you know, we look in the mirror, uh, and uh, uh, and we we are just we're pleased uh, with with ourselves. We're vain, uh, and uh, and by the way, there's a lot of a lot of uh, vanity is a is a billions of dollar industry. Uh, in um, you know uh, in America today, uh, in uh, in the mail, uh, Amazon. I uh, heard of that. <laughs> uh, you know, I got a little package and it had two little uh, two little containers of beard wax, so that so that I can keep my flyaways uh, down. And uh, beard wax and products, it's vanity. It's it's they make lots and lots of money. So that's what we think about the word vanity. But in the Bible, uh, it means meaningless. Uh, it, it's, it means when he says everything is vanity, the preacher, Solomon, is saying everything is meaningless. Uh, it's the key word uh, in the book of Ecclesiastes. It appears 34 times. Uh, and, uh, and so uh, it just um, uh, means a vapor. It's the, it's the fleeting nature of things. It's translated, obviously, uh, as vanity, futility, pointless. Uh, and, um, and, uh, but, I, but I was thinking about how did, how did Solomon, um, you know, how did he come to that conclusion? Uh, and, and uh, to where he, he concluded that there is, basically, the book of Ecclesiastes is Solomon's conclusion that there is no meaning or purpose to human existence. Th- that's his take on life. Uh, Solomon, uh, what Solomon, one of the main things he's known for, he is a man full of what? Wisdom. Uh, yeah, life. He lived everything. I mean, you know, what do you buy a man who has everything? Um, he, he did everything. He tried everything. There was nothing that he kept from himself. Uh, that would be uh, how we would describe modern day vanity. Uh, the pride, the conceit, uh, and things that are there. And Ecclesiastes uh, is, is, u- is unique from every other book uh, in the Bible uh, and uh, because of this. And, and I think uh, it was written by Solomon uh, in the, you know, the latter years of his life. Um, Solomon had a lot of regret, uh, and when he is writing the book of Proverbs, we see that regret borne out time and time as he gives instruction to his son. Uh, so we are to live our life in search of wisdom, uh, and God will give it to us liberally, uh, and we're to cherish it. It's precious to us, uh, but you can have you can have the wisdom of Solomon, uh, and uh, and then pen uh, a, a, a a poem. Uh, 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 some writing uh, that just says, you know, all of life is meaningless. It's all vanity uh, and, and uh, vexation uh, of spirit. Uh, it, so the central theme of the book of Ecclesiastes <coughs> is, that, uh, is the pointlessness of human activity and the pointlessness of, of human goals uh, outside or apart from God. Uh, and uh, so whatever season of life that he was in, he's, 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 a, he's attempting to understand life and all of its vanity from a perspective uh, of human reason uh, and stuff. And, and, I, and I, I personally feel, this is just my opinion, that when, when Solomon wrote this, and again, I understand it's under inspiration of God, it's kind of like how Jonah, basically, the book of Jonah is, is his confession about how dumb he was and the mistakes that he's made. And, uh, and, and that's just really, it's like, you know, I, I would just think, okay, can't we just keep this to ourselves, God? Do we, gotta, do we have to, like, mortal, you know, put this in Scripture for all eternity? Uh, and, uh, because, you know, when you meet Jonah in heaven, what's the first thing you're going to think of? You know, you're just going to, you, you know, you just, you just know the story. And, and, and people who aren't even Christians know the story of Jonah. Uh, and so I, I personally feel that Solomon may have been out of fellowship with God, struggling with some of the things that, uh, that we know he struggled with. Uh, and um, uh, so uh, maybe he was thinking back to those times when he wrote it. Um, I think like, like a lot of like worldly philosophers who... Um, are separated from God and the things that they would pen and write down. And so so basically Solomon concluded that nothing in life has significance in the book of Ecclesiastes. The human experience has no purpose. Uh, his search for, uh, under you know, everything in the world, everything under the sun, uh, his search um, uh, basically uh, brings him to to that uh, conclusion, uh, and uh, and it's really uh, sad. He says nothing, nothing, nothing lacks. Um, nothing has value, uh, and uh, and there's nothing that has real value uh, at all. Uh, and so Ecclesiastes speaks to uh, those uh, times in life where things seem empty or things don't make any sense, and. Uh, And, and, and there's, we, we can feel that feeling a lot, you know, it's senseless, like why would some kid get on a, uh, you know, uh, a roof and just start shooting people for no reason? We would say that's a senseless act. Um, And, uh, and, and and when you, you know, we're celebrating the life of a, of a new grandchild, uh, and then you wonder what kind of world um, uh, do my grandchildren have to, you know, uh, to grow up and live in? Now here's, here's a, 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 no every child is a gift from God. God knows every child before he forms them in the belly. We understand that. We know that from scripture. They're, they're also his workmanship created in Christ Jesus under good works. God has a purpose and a plan, uh, you know, for uh, my grandkids. Um, and, uh, and I don't know what it is, but God, they weren't born by accident. And as much as, I mean, there's nobody's a, since we can't figure out what a woman is, there's nobody really is a biologist anymore. So all the biology is set aside. Um, you know, you can try all you want to have kids and all the biology uh, involved in all that. You can't have them unless God wants you to have them. And they're a heritage of the Lord. And so as much as I fear what kind of world my grandchildren are going to inherit, um, I have to default to the sovereignty of God. Uh, and uh, God knows and God has a plan. Uh, and uh, and sometimes I see, uh, I I watched this video yesterday. I showed my wife this little baby girl. I don't know how old she was, but she was dying, and her mom was videoing it, Uh, and uh, and she was just laughing. Her eyes, she's laughing. Just all kinds of joy, and uh, um, God knows those circumstances. In situations. And uh, so Solomon is, uh, <clears throat> he's saying, basically, um, if we look for meaning and if we look for purpose apart from God, um, our quest <laughs> for a purpose is going to be, um, it's going to end in frustration. It's just, that's just how it's going to be. We know that. Because we have this book, and we read it. You've, you've read, uh, some of you, I read it through my Bible, in, in 90 days, and, and, you, and you've read the book of Ecclesiastes was part of that assignment. Um, you don't hear a whole lot of preaching out of the book of Ecclesiastes because it's a depressing book. And, uh, and, it's, and it's a, you know, um, you know, there's just a time for everything. We hear, we hear about that, or, the, you know, uh, chapter number 12, and, uh, as, we, as he wraps it up and just says okay everything's vanity but here's what you need to do you need to fear God and keep His commandments and then we're like oh no we shouldn't fear God well, we don't have to keep His commandments we're under grace and, and we want to excuse away everything uh, And, and uh, but he, he lays it out so only through our relationship with God in Christ do we understand do we discover uh, what our true purpose is what, if we want to use the word destiny uh, you know um, God, God lives outside of the existence of our, you know, uh, fourscore uh, of of our life. He's eternity past. Uh, he's eternity future. Um, he's he has existed, and and we 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 know if we we're to live to be hundred years old, it it amounts to nothing uh, on the scale of eternity. It doesn't even measure on the, on the, on the scale. It's that little, you don't even see it. And, um, and when we live it, we're so consumed uh, with comfort, um, with you know, all the different things. We, we, we just are. Um, but here's the danger. I mean, there's a lot of danger you can be so consumed with life and living life and enjoying life and how he says all is vanity, but you know, eat, drink, and be merry and uh, enjoy this or whatever. I mean, nothing has purpose. Uh, and uh, it's all vanity and it's all vexation of spirit. There's, it has no meaning to it. And you can live a life of, with no meaning uh, and you can die uh, and somebody comes and drags you off. Um, if, you know, um, if you want to have a memorial. You don't want to have a memorial. There are people are going to remember you for positive things. People are going to remember you for maybe not so positive things. I don't know. But we're all going to die. Um, and you've all seen that picture or whatever, you know, that ends with only what's done for Christ will last. What's, what's the beginning, first part of that? Something about life so soon will pass, but only what's done for Christ will only one life will soon will pass. Only what's done for Christ will last. We know that. We say you can't bring a U-Haul to heaven. You know, people get buried in, with money, and you know, buried in their you know their Rolls Royce or whatever, and, and all these different things. You know, you want to put something in the coffin. They're not. It's going to be in there. You know, somebody. And by the way, if you everybody sees you put in there, somebody going to go rob that grave. Uh, and uh, and get the stuff that you put in there. Um, and it's just going to, um, they're going to sell you a casket, the most expensive casket you can get, or maybe a little pine box. Uh, and when they say this one's going to keep you more preserved, they they lie to you. And, um, and it's just, so somebody's going to take you down to the funeral home and your loved ones are going to come up behind. They're just going to try to sell you Uh, upsell you on caskets or urns or whatever you're going to drop thousands and thousands of dollars on a funeral or not even have a funeral but just on them they're processing and this like we got to have money we got to have money and it's one of the hardest things to sit with families Uh, and it's just like the the entire life has come down to somebody dragging them off me paying some bill uh, at a funeral home and how many death certificates do you need and then it's done. And um, people grieve and they, they move forward. And, and you know, um, I, my dad died in 1997. Uh, and uh, his birthday would have been July 5th. And, uh, and it's just, you know, a life without Christ, a life lived without purpose in Christ is meaningless, and and we just can't we just can't live that way. You 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 can you can, you, I mean you certainly can. I mean there's a lot of people just choose to do it. They're chasing they're chasing money, they're chasing you know whatever titles uh, on and on, uh, and they live and they're 50 and 60. They retire, they retire from their jobs, um, and you know and then they outlive their retirement and And you know they're just it's just with without Christ, you live and you die and 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 it's just and it, it, it is vanity, but when Solomon wrote these words, uh, I think he was uh, uh, he might have been uh, a little bit outside of uh, a proper relationship with God uh, at that moment because uh, you know um we, we know that when we walk with the Lord through, through Jesus Christ, um, that God can bless us and, we're, you know, um, we have meaning, God, God's designed us for a specific purpose, but we have to choose to live in that purpose or not. And I'm telling you right now, if your life is, you go to work and make money and pay your bills, um, and you're not doing anything for Christ, so I'm doing that for the glory of God. Because the Bible says we should do all things for the glory of God. Um, but we squander. Um, we just do so many dumb things when it comes to our life that are outside of Christ. And it's completely, and it's completely selfish. Uh, and uh, I, I as like earlier today, we had uh, our gutters replaced on our house. Our house like 15 years old. And uh, I went up there because some like, birds had built this nest and, and there was like stuff falling off my roof into our entryway. I'm like, what in the world? So I climbed up there to, to clear out because uh, the birds were making these nests. And I, and I looked in my gutter. And I'm like, holy cow, there's a lot of stuff in my gutters. I'm going to have to clean these gutters. And so I thought, I don't really want to clean these gutters. So I started calling. And, you know, how much is it going to be to come out and clean my gutters? Get this price, get that price, and I called one number uh, and uh, actually filled something out on the on the uh, on the internet. They called me like thirty seconds later uh, and said, "We'd we'll like to come out." And, and so a guy comes out, measures stuff, and of course they're selling you on leaf filter. Uh, you wanted, you know uh, it was like seven thousand uh, dollars to put the little covers on there, and I'm like, "So I said, you're going to put covers on my old gutters?" They're like, "Oh, so they reworked it or whatever." Okay, we'll give you new gutters. And the leaf filters, we'll clean everything, seal it, blah, 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 make sure nothing's clogged, and it'll be 5000 something And I am like, I said, I just wanted somebody to clean my gutters. Yeah. How much to clean my gutters? Well, we can clean them and, uh, and make sure that they're whatever, cleaned out, whatever, and sealed up, whatever. That would be $1,200. I said, how much for new gutters? They're like, well, $1,400. right. Yeah. So put some new gutters on there. I'm saying all that to say, we're so, we're so, I'm so spoiled that I, that I won't grab a ladder and clean up my gutters. I just put new ones on the house. And, uh, and, uh, and that's, just, that's how we, we, our lives, we live such blessed lives, such privileged lives. And we do, and we, say, we save, we earn, we do ever, we work. And it's like, hey, we're going to enjoy, you know. And we like to go back to the, the book of Ecclesiastes and go, well, Solomon said to live, eat, and drink, you know, be merry. But, but this was coming from a guy who was out of fellowship with God or something at the time. Because his conclusion that, there's, that life is meaningless is not the conclusion of a wise man. It's that when we, but, when we, but we, we live like Solomon. And, uh, and, then, and then the stuff that we know we should do, we put off. And we put off a little bit further. And then your kids are grown and out of the house and you blew it. And then your, your grandkids come. I like how, who was I talking to uh, the other day? Um, a preacher. <laughs> and uh, uh, and he, was, he was trying to decide um, he was going to go to the mission field. Uh, and, uh, he, oh, it was Brother Farinella. Brother Farinella said, he said, uh, he's, he's always wanted to go to Italy. He's Italian. Uh, and he said, so his, one of his goals was to retire and then go to Italy and live in Italy. Uh, and just, you know, get there, you know, um, just drink lattes and, uh, you know, and eat Italian food or whatever. And, and then minister is the a It's like the minister set up, whatever. And so this preacher says, OK, what's your expectation? Like if you were to if you were to go there, um, what would you expect to accomplish? A very Catholic area, whatever. And, and so Brother Farrell said to this preacher, he said, well, if I go there and, you know, my retirement, whatever, and I reach 20 people. Um, that would be something. And here's what this preacher, this preacher asked Brother goes. He, goes he goes, how many grandkids do you have? Yeah. And, he's, and he has 19 grandkids. And so, so, long story short, he's just basically like, you know, what kind of influence, if you went there and you don't even know if you're going to reach 20 people for Christ uh, in the remaining part of your life, uh, but you have 19, probably 20 grandkids, uh, which you think would make a, a greater impact um, you know, and, and so so he's like so he's decided not to go to Italy but to live here and hang around his grandkids and stuff and and to do that. But you but 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 you think of <clears throat> here's he he's been here in the northwest for I don't know how many years. He was here a long time before I got here. So he came here, they they planted that church, they were in a tent, all kinds of stuff. He's 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 lived all, all this this life and served whatever the Northwest. Uh, and uh, and he's like brother, you know, it's like brother Reno, you know, and we started a church, this or that, and it's it's just like it's just like putting your hand in a bucket and pulling it out. And and then the water just fills right back in. So even when we even when we attempt things for God, there can be a sense of of um, <laughs> despair. Like, are you making a difference? And um, So <clears throat> maybe you don't have you don't get the experience of seeing people putting body bags enough to to just have life and uh, the vanity of it and the different stuff. I spend my life trying to convince people to, to love the Lord and to serve the Lord. And don't be so focused on all the other junk. Because because you don't you don't want to be you don't want to be laying on a hospice bed when you're 70, 80, 90, or whenever it is, and, and to think back and go, like, what did I do for the Lord? I mean, I, I worked a job and climbed the ladder and you know, I got like I got this house and toys and whatever. But you're going to die and somebody's going to fight over all that stuff and in um, somebody, somebody that you don't know is going to walk in and bag you up and take you out and uh, um, I'm just saying that we ought to just serve him and live for him and and our focus needs to be on that. We make money. It's not just value. It's purpose. What can I what can I give to missions? How can I bless uh, the missionary, the evangelist? What can I what can I invest in, in heaven? It's like here's my time, uh, and uh, maybe maybe I shouldn't coach the team and that or whatever. And I can and I can and spend it uh, you know my time for eternity, because because when it's all said and done. Um, if you've not laid up treasures in heaven, you're just gonna you're gonna lay there in re, in just in regret. None of the money the none of the money that you've amassed over the course of your life is gonna matter at all. And and more than likely a vast, a large portion of it will be spent for your care. And um, or. You spend your whole money serving mammon, in scrimping and saving and investing whatever, and you got your whatever. You got it all figured out. Here's your nest egg, and you can you can live past retirement for thirty years on the interest, and you keel over dead, and you just and you just you just spent your entire career on vanity. In 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 nothing. So the moral of the story is one day somebody's going to drag you out of your house and somebody's going to bury you cremate you Um, it is (coughs) does anybody know what I'm talking has anybody ever seen that it's it's transfer plastic bag then a little nicer bag over the top of it that they probably reuse by the way and uh, and and they just I, one time, i got to be done, and, and uh, this is one time I went to a DOA call in, uh, in Kent, <coughs> three stories up, this lady had passed away, and uh, she'd been in there for a while, and, uh, and she was really, really heavy. <coughs> the police left, I was there waiting for a King County coroner to come. And uh, King County Coroner, one person came in a vehicle. It was me and the, 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 whoever the coroner worker was. Put this person in a body bag, 400 pounds. <coughs> Couldn't get her out of the house. That man drug her down three, three flights of concrete steps. Bunk, 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 all the way down to the ground. <coughs> And uh, I'm just saying, somebody loved her. <coughs> she lived a life. But when it, all, when it all came down to it, just drag them out. And just like that, you're just, you're just gone. So just live for the Lord. Because most of the stuff that we're living for doesn't matter at all. And uh, and don't fall in this idea. I'm just gonna just gonna enjoy life, and there's a time for everything, or whatever. Because it was Solomon wasn't come from a place that was good, uh, and, uh, and um, because life can have meaning, and it does have meaning. You just have to tap into what that is, uh, and, and you're not you're not gonna do that if you're serving Mammon, because God says you can't serve them both. You're gonna be a master of the one, and somehow we think we can we can do it all, and we and we just can't. And uh, and so <clears throat> one day I'm gonna the Lord Terry's and uh, and I'm still pastor here and, 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 and uh, we get the call that you have passed on and we say well they've graduated in the glory somebody gonna drag you off we'll have a memorial or not have a memorial the room will be filled up or the room will be empty you're off into eternity. And the only thing that you have, that you've taken with you at all, is what you've done for Christ. Yet we can't, we can't get people to give a gospel tract to people. And uh, so, anyways. Um, I, just, I just think that <coughs> the perspective that life, you know, and death, out uh, to give us, we should, we should soak it in and embrace it and live it out and not just go, oh, this feels really bad right now, but I'll get over it. And then I can just go back to status quo. Because um, I, guarantee, I guarantee you, you, can, you cannot like what I'm saying right now, but, but when, when, somebody, when, when you get the cancer news and you're laying in there and I'm at your bedside in hospice, <coughs> you're going to tell me I'm right. and I should have listened to you. And I regret not having listened to you. And I lived a life for self. <coughs> and I regret it. And because I'm nice and you got family gathered around, I'm just going to pat you on the back and tell you it's all going to be okay. But I'm going to know, I'm like, man, I just wish you would have. And, uh, and all of us, myself included, we all have to do better uh, and, um, in, in our service for the Lord. All right, we're out of time. And uh, pray for those families. Take that image and plant it in your brain. And uh, it's the way that we're all going to go. And it is... It is uh, Um, surreal, I guess would be a word uh, to use. It's it's surreal when you're there and you're going through that. So anyways, all right, let's go to the Lord in prayer uh, tonight and uh, pray for the Johnsons and again the Ackermans and uh, pray (coughs) uh, for us ourselves that uh, we can have um, we can learn the lessons of life in uh, in these men in the Bible and what they said and did, and uh, that'll help us be better Christians today. All right, let's pray. You know, if you're when you're done, if you'll quietly dismiss yourself.